Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. State to state, we got your Nittany line update. It's a football discussion with Tom and Justin, so kick back and press play. With former Penn State and NFL defensive back Justin King, I'm Tom Hannafin. This is State of State. This podcast is presented by Bet Online. All the major sports are in action this week with the college football playoff and bowl season ready to kick off. BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for the NFL, NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. Head to BetOnline today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. State of State is presented by BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, State of State is a proud supporter of Blue White Outfitters. Blue White Outfitters was created as a retail shop meant to highlight the confidence, competitiveness, and fearlessness of the elite athletes found throughout the history of Penn State University. Check out the latest Lockdown U and Lawn Boys merchandise today and get ready for the Peach Bowl with Blue White Outfitters because all sales from Blue White Outfitters directly benefit Penn State student-athletes. Visit www.bluewhiteoutfitters.com today. And if you're looking for the perfect beer for Penn State football season, we've still got you covered with the State IPA. Special thanks to our friends at Funk Brewing for creating the best tailgate and game day beer for Nittany Lion fans. A limited supply of the State IPA is still available now. Visit www.funkbrewing.com slash beers slash state dash IPA to learn where and how you can get State IPA before it runs out. Check out the link in the description of this podcast for more information. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Hi, everyone, and welcome to State of State. Happy holidays. Happy soon-to-be New Year as we wind down 2023. Today is National Signing Day. So as this day unfolds, you guys are going to have a lot of information to sift through in terms of new players coming to Penn State in 2024. That'll be very exciting. We are going to touch on that a little bit was when this is coming out. It's just the beginning of the day, so so much can happen. But a lot has already happened in the last few days, Justin. We did an episode when the initial news quote-unquote, broke a few days ago of Tom Allen being hired by Penn State football. It was made officially official yesterday. Tom Allen is the new defensive coordinator for Penn State football. Uh, Now that it's completely finalized and you've had a chance to kind of hear how things are going within the program, what have you heard? What's the excitement level? How's everybody feeling? I mean, I think everyone's excited, right? Anytime you get a a guy with head coach experience, it's an extreme value add to the program whether it's just a, a, another perspective 
leadership type of situations when things get sticky? I mean, just through talent acquisition, through game plan, and how just the whole organization operates. I think anytime you can have someone that has head coach experience at a power five school can be a tremendous benefit. Now, those are just the ancillary traits or value that he brings to the table on him actually being a defensive coordinator. I mean, that's his Will Helson. I think we'll see where he shines there when he gets um, in with the staff, but I mean, it's a, it's all, it seems like all systems are go. Fantastic. And I, you know, I want to cycle back to some comments made by James Franklin just a few days ago when new offensive coordinator, Andy Kotelnicki was introduced to the media formally is that uh, James Franklin was acknowledging to the media. He's like, I don't look so great right now. Basically he was, uh, talking about the schedule that exists right now. And like, even though today is National Signing Day, it's not a blip on the radar by any means, but the amount of things happening for this coaching staff, for all coaching staffs, it feels outrageous. And there is so much discussion right now, Justin, about why is this time of year packed the way it is? It, it, it could be different. It could be shifted. It could be, but you know, there's a lot of guys that go like the two. Like, so there's just the history of the two signing days. Having the early one was because back in the day, when guys would get committed to schools, we have schools like Alabama that would come in and just be like, all right, where's everybody going? And just come in and swoop the best players across the country. And then there would be guys that'd be left out on that last signing day and never having a chance to figure out to have a home to go or where to, I mean, enroll in school. So it kind of it helps a little bit of. It helps the prospects and it helps the coaches from the standpoint of programs from identifying the guys that are actually going to get in the boat and get them to sign the papers that are locked in. And then you can kind of really fill in the gaps that you need to. Now you throw in the transfer portal, NIL, coaching carousel, along with the two different signing days. It gets bull really <laughs> bull prep. It gets really, really hectic in just the operation and execution amongst the whole program, because we're talking about critical pieces like transfer portal is critical, making sure that the NIL and the money that's being given to the players that are coming in and asset allocation is critical, making sure you sign the right players on the first sign of the day, guys that have committed, make sure you get that fax in and show them the love that they need to feel when they're coming into the program. That's another thing. Um, but this is why they get paid the big bucks. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> from, from your perspective, National Signing Day, you know, you're getting recruits straight in from high school. They're going to be a part of the 2024 class. Has National Signing Day been devalued by the transfer portal? Devalued? Not for the people that are participating in National Signing Day. because of course, I, No, of course. I understand that. I mean, and not, so not overall, the prospects. Not even the prospects. I think even internally, I think National Signing Day is still a very important piece to the coaching staff to the program and making sure that you're still investing three to four years into these guys of building that relationship and then get them across the line to actually sign that national letter of intent is extremely um rewarding like it is a, a it's like an end of a cycle because now it's the dead period in the recruiting in the recruiting world so you can't really talk to you can't have recruits on campus and do different things like that but it's interesting where like with all these different things going on i think it makes the national letter of intent I'll say more dynamic because I would start to look at college or high school players to start manipulating that national letter of intent the same way that you have transfer portal players coming in like, all right, what am I going to get? What are the different educational benefits, especially as we enter into this new landscape 
the opt-in type of thing or just a new model that's going to come, that NIL, that NLI is going to essentially be like that initial contract where you can set yourself up as a player coming in. So I think that is something that we'll see with the national letter of intent that make it a little bit more um, dynamic where it's not just going to be a blanketed document for people to see because I don't think people realize it's, it's not really like a legal document. Right. It's just a, a letter of intent because in business, you can rip that up. doesn't really mean much, <laughs> but, you know, but <laughs> guys will start coming to the table with uh, with lawyers and things like that and handling that. So so I just think the dynamic aspects of college football are going to really start to look more and more like the NFL. And hopefully we have a personnel in place to handle all the different moving pieces. Well, you talk about, you know, flipping recruits. Look at what Nebraska just did with Dylan Rayola from freaking Georgia. Now, granted, he had Nebraska ties, but still that is a huge deal. That is a seismic shift within the conference to land a quarterback who has got that much hype. Now, again, is it going to work out? Who knows? It could not work out at all. It could be the greatest quarterback recruitment of all time. We have no idea. It's way too early to know. But still, like doing that is a big deal. And then even with all the other transfer portal things that are happening around the conference, um, I, I sent you something uh, of a report of Cam Ward from Washington State going to visit Ohio State. And the report alleges that in that meeting, Cam Ward asked the Ohio State brass for one to two million dollars. And allegedly, the Ohio State coaches laughed at him. Now, I don't know if any of that is true. However, the dollar amount, a million dollars for a quarterback in the transfer portal, that I kind of believe. The rest of it, I don't know if somebody laughed at somebody like that. That could be awful. But it's like, man, there are some huge moves being made right now. Yeah, and a lot of false information being spread in the sense of like even for a guy to come in and ask for a couple million bucks and for them to laugh at him, I think that shows some validity to this program, like how they're valuing different players because I actually believe they did laugh at him. Because it's like, it's like you're coming to the table. You and I have talked about this, but it's all subjective. But like, what's reasonable? I mean, again, it comes to the, I mean, the position. I think if anyone can demand a couple million bucks, it should be a quarterback. But then we're talking about like, are you worth $2 million? Like, where did you get that number from? Hmm. Right. Because I I mean, it's one thing if you're talking like a Caleb Williams and he's coming in asking for or five, six, $10 million, or even when they threw out Marvin Harrison, $25 million. So you're kind of seeing, yeah. like, that's just not, I mean, Brock Purdy doesn't make that in a year, like a million bucks. And he's in a, he's a professional starting football quarterback in the NFL, right? So I think the whole idea of the value of a player on the field has been misconstrued especially with like those on three evaluate on three valuations from like a marketing standpoint. And I just think just historically in college football, everyone's been hyping up the player to like, they should get money. They should have a piece of the pie. Cause there's, there's some nuance to it. I don't think it's black and white. I think the player should be in power. I think the player should be able to earn money. But the one thing that I always said where I would preach to players, like, yo, you realize that like I'm coming from a league operations team. side. like, you guys don't have that much value individually. Like there's only a few that can kind of pick out and that would be worth money. Like my time recruiting at Penn State, I would say maybe, maybe two guys, two or three guys. And I'm talking Michael Parsons and Saquon Barkley that can kind of drive that needle, right? If mm-hmm. you're not going out there and developing like a marketing deal and that's just few far in between. So, I mean, I just think we're off when it comes to just 
asset allocation and value when it comes to college football players. A lot of people just don't understand what it is, even the internal aspect of college football programs, because that's not a dynamic that they ever needed to deal with. That's just more of an NFL type of situation. And that's with the transfer portal and the money that players are associated with is being dictated on. Because it's not like, how many followers, how many followers do I have on social media? And then that's going to give me my NIL number to this collective. It's like, no, like, where where are you getting this number? Because I think that's what's starting to happen where we talk about collectives or teams trying to use their money the right way. They're now starting to question like, okay, I don't believe that this other number that someone else is offering you, like there's a lot of data that's starting to come out where it's like, okay, yeah, we're not paying that. So you're worth this, <laughs> you're worth that. And like, we can maybe bring some value in different areas and help secure different things, whether it's forever NIL, right? Cause I think of, of, if you're going to like a Stanford type of situation, they can offer things that might be more valuable in a value standpoint than an actual hard cash up front. Mm -hmm. And it's, and so I think it's about being creative as possible about providing value and identifying what these players actually want and need. And from there, set up the best package and move forward. But that's, you know, that's, and I'm getting into the weeds a little bit, but that's. No, it's, it's, <laughs> that, I think it's a fascinating subject. It's the Wild West. It really is. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we're going to dive in a little bit more to some other news within the conference because I think that's very important for the future of Penn State and also the players that are in the Peach Bowl that will be in the NFL draft as well, who will not be in the Peach Bowl, who's going to be back next year. A couple roster updates altogether. Uh, just a reminder to like, comment, subscribe, turn on notifications, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram and X at State of State Pod. We will do our best to have all the updates in regards to National Signing Day on those platforms going out uh, through the day today. So there's going to be a lot of news uh, in regard to the present roster for Penn State football and talking about the Peach Bowl. It's, you know, uh, it, it's a tough time of year now. Obviously, all these things are going on. It does change the perception of a bowl game. And we're all looking forward to next year when there's a 12 team playoff. So you know, you just and there's higher stakes and bigger reasons for players to stick around, those sorts of things. And these games can mean more. I'm personally looking forward to that. But in regard to Penn State's current roster, we know Chop Robinson has opted out of the Peach Bowl. He's declared for the NFL draft. However, Curtis Jacobs, Theo Johnson and Caden Wallace will play in the Peach Bowl. They have declared for the NFL draft. Players that said they will play in the Peach Bowl, Adisa Isaac, the aforementioned Curtis Jacobs and Theo Johnson, plus Tyler Warren, Daquan Hardy, uh, Hunter Norzad, and Devon Elise. So there's a select group of guys that have some decisions to make. Hunter Norzad doesn't really have a decision to make. He's, he's out of eligibility, so I think it's, it's a good idea for him to play in this game altogether. It just makes sense to boost the stock. But that's a nice bunch of guys that you're keeping for this game to the point that no disrespect to Chop Robinson, but it makes you feel a little bit better, at least on the defensive side of the ball, that it's like, oh, you, you're going to have deny Dennis Sutton. You're going to have Adisa Isaac, uh, Amin Van Over provided. All these guys are healthy, that is, by the time we get to December 30th. So how do you feel about uh, that? That those selections by those players, I guess? Selections, like in terms of opting to go to the NFL? Yeah, their choices, yeah. I always respect the players' choices, right? Wherever they're getting their different information. I don't, and I think the more polarizing decisions haven't been made yet, right? Like, is Day-Day Harley leaving? Or is um, Kaylin King leaving? I mean, we, we should expect Kaylin to leave. But I think just some other guys, I think the surprises happen a little bit later. 
but I like everyone's decision. I mean, I think the football game is one where you have to prioritize getting to the money, not to be cynical about it, but it's a hundred percent entry rate. Things happen fast and you have to approach it like a business. And with these guys doing that, I think they're making the right decisions when it's an opportunity to play at the next level. And especially a lot of these guys that are still trying to play in the game. So it's not like they're saying I'm going to the NFL and I'm not playing. It's like, no, this is just my, my last go around here at Penn state is somebody that took a lot of flack for that leaving as a junior. I definitely understand when it wasn't as popular. You were very clear to the staff and everybody in the know that you're like, I'm getting my degree in three years and I'm going to the NFL. And to your credit, you did that. Thank you. True story. You're very welcome. <laughs> I think that's an important story to reiterate. Tis the season for giving and gathering. And with HelloFresh, it can also be the season of saving. Actually save money this month with fresh recipes delivered, cheaper than takeout, and with pre-portioned ingredients, you'll never waste money on excess food. Justin, everybody is trying to save money. It's time for the holidays. I'd rather spend my money on gifts than tons and tons of food. Save money and time, which we can't get back, right? Especially during the holiday seasons. We'd rather spend time opening up our gifts with our kids and our significant others instead of running to the grocery store fighting people for, I mean, last minute chicken and turkey. I don't know what everyone eats on uh, Christmas, but thanks for HelloFresh for having these, you know, convenient and deliverable uh, services where we can get our grub on. Yeah, there's no need to fight. Did you know HelloFresh does more than just dinners? From easy breakfasts to start your morning off right to 10-minute lunches or satisfying snacks both adults and kids will love. HelloFresh has tasty choices for every mealtime occasion. And the best part, no grocery store trip required. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LionFree and use code LionFree, that's L-I-O-N-F-R-E-E, -E, for free breakfast for life one breakfast item per box while subscription is active that's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash lion free with code lion free that's l-i-o-n-f-r-e-e -E. hello fresh america's number one meal kit speaking of high pro want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at discounttire.com meet treadwell your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle get your best match in one minute or less with treadwell by discount tire file players again as of this recording offensive tackle olu fashanu has yet to declare for the NFL draft or announce whether or not he is playing in the Peach Bowl. However, it has been said that he will travel with the team to Atlanta. If I am in the camp of Olu, I'm sorry, Fashionu, I've, I've mispronounced that all year, Olu Fashionu. If I'm in Olu's camp, no way do you play in the Peach Bowl. You declare for the NFL draft whenever you feel like it, but no way do you play in the Peach Bowl. He is maybe the first offensive tackle off the board. Uh, in the NFL draft of 2024. What do you think? Have to do it. That's the, I, I think that's the only way. It's a, it's a smart move, especially in a position like that. We run the football a lot. Anything can happen. Someone run up your, the, the back of your ankles to get an Achilles. And he's still a younger prospect. So, I mean, I always liked how he approached the game, even last year when he decided to come back because he was he was he could have been a first-round pick. Could have gone last year. Mm -hmm. last year. Younger, younger prospect. So he's going to go into the NFL as, as 20 years old. And – and I think it's cool for him to go down and enjoy the bowl game and be around the guys, whether it's going through practices and doing whatever and just making sure he uh, stays healthy because James does a great job with treating his 
better players like they're better players in terms of keeping them healthy, keeping them out of practice and making sure that their bodies are under control. Um, so from that standpoint, I think that just goes into the culture of Penn State where we see all these guys continue to play and still want to be around until the end of it. And I think that's that's a, a, a tipping your hat to like just the teammates and how they approach this last hurrah before they all kind of go their separate ways. And specifically in regard to what you're going to see at offensive line, say Olu does not play in the Peach Bowl as well, then you expect, you hope to have your three primary interior linemen available in terms of Hunter Norzad. Um, J.B. Nelson, I think the words that James Franklin said were, um, we should have him back. We don't necessarily know when that is or next year or whatever, but saying, quote, we should have him back. You still have Vega Yuane in the mix. You still have Sal Wormley in the mix, potentially. Sal has a decision possibly to make. So now it's like, okay, all of a sudden, uh, the, the tackle position in this game in particular is going to be one to watch. And for Drew Aller, you've had arguably the best tackle in football watching your blind side for your entire first season as a starter <laughs> and last year when you were a freshman. This might be a little bit different. And let's not forget, we have co-offensive coordinators, once again, for the Peach Bowl. That's a great point. That's something I did not actually think Thank of. Thank you for is, saying so. I thought so. That, 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 uh, that, <laughs> that is a great point. Just that comfortability from a quarterback knowing his blind side is taken care of all year. Because I don't think Olu gave, has given up any sacks all year. So that's something to definitely look out for, whether it's Ole Miss attacking that left tackle spot and just the new players on the opposite line. Because I always pre preach about the offensive line. It's a... I mean, it's a unit, and so these guys have to be on a string on how they pick up um, blitzes and stunts and things of that nature. And when you have an elite offensive tackle, it kind of frees up some of the other guys to kind of double team and do different things of that nature. So what a great opportunity is for a younger lineman to come in against an old Miss, see some speed, and put some good film out. But um, it's going to be – now I'm going to really be keen in on – on Drew and just make sure he doesn't get any uh, or just seeing how he handles that, whether it's like happy feet in the pocket and just that level of security when you know someone's got your backside and now you're just not sure because he was some, a new tackle coming into the game. So great point by you, Tom. Thank you very much, Justin. I appreciate you saying that. Um, and then on top of that, how do the co-offensive coordinators uh, call formations around that because you just don't know exactly how Ole Miss is going to attack that. Obviously, a lot of good athletes on defense, but uh, I don't think it's nearly the defense that Penn State has. It's no disrespect to Ole Miss. Penn State is one of the top three in the country. Uh, Ole Miss has given up points in the past. So it's a question of how are they going to come at Drew Aller? Do they go after the tackle positions? And then does that put some pressure on Juwan Sider and Ty Howell to keep tight ends close, to keep running backs in? Do they change up the formations, et cetera? And then the other thing for Lane Kiffin and company is, again, you're not entirely sure what you're going to get. This is a chance for these coaches to tinker a little bit with the playbook. Not a ton, and you know what that's all about. Like You're going to keep your base, but as you're kind of trying to figure out, well, who are we going to have, who are we not going to have, you're making changes along the way. I would actually uh, anticipate an aggressive offense and defensive approach from Penn State in this game, right? Whether it's uh, Ty Howell and Jay Wan going quarter to quarter, however they call the plays and game planning. But I would think they would open up the playbook a little bit, to be completely honest, and not necessarily be too concerned. It's going to sound funny, but with protecting Drew, it's like like let's see what we can do from the maximum standpoint, going vertical and like stretching this thing out. Because I, because I mean the identity shifted a little bit in that last 
that last game against Michigan State, right, with just how they were attacking and moving the ball around, attacking the middle of the field, efficient running game. And so, like, with that, I'm, I'm expecting an overly aggressive offensive and defensive approach. We'll see what we get on December 30th. Um, in regard to the rest of the conference, I kind of touched on this earlier, and we were kind of discussing a little bit the, the Cam Ward situation at Ohio State. Again, that's all just a question of what's out there. One thing that is not a question is what Oregon is doing at quarterback. And there's some of you listening be like, this is a Penn State podcast. Why are we talking about Oregon? Is because next year, of course, Oregon, Washington, USC, and UCLA join the Big Ten. And I think it's pretty freaking important that Oregon landed both Oklahoma quarterback Dylan Gabriel and UCLA quarterback Dante Moore in the transfer portal. Dan Lanning and company already put together a very nice season this year with Bo Nix, who was a potential Heisman winner, was a Heisman hopeful, nearly won the damn thing. Now you've got Dylan Gabriel finishing up his eligibility. Dante Moore is a chance to sit behind him. And then if there's an injury, you put in Dante Moore, who is still a raw prospect, has a lot of ability, but was looked at by programs like Miami, Ohio State, Michigan. This seems like a really good situation for what Oregon is doing at quarterback. And it begs the question, does Oregon wind up being the number three team in the Big Ten next year, or does Penn State hold on to its footing? Like they say, you never win games in the offseason. But on paper, they are doing a damn good job of picking up quality quarterbacks, even the way they put, brought in Bo Nix. Because he was, I won't say the laughingstock of the SEC, but he wasn't very... Uh, I would say he was inconsistent at Auburn. He flashed. He, he certainly flashed, but he was inconsistent. 100%. I, I thought he got a lot of flack down there. And so when he transitioned out to, to Oregon, for him to be up for a Heisman, it kind of shows that whatever they have going on in their offense, their approach has been beneficial for quarterbacks trans transitioning in. So to have two of them, I think, is a tremendous value add. And now how they're going to be when they transition to the Big Ten is going to be more of a well-rounded game. But Oregon is definitely a team that uh, – I won't say put give me angst, but they're going to come in. I think built similar to Ohio State and just like their team structure, and will come into the Big Ten making some noise next year. USC and UCLA. Um, I'm not necessarily losing a ton of sleep over. I still think those will be competitive games, but the, there have been a mass exodus from USC. A lot of guys have hopped in the transfer portal, both sides of the ball. So I think that's something to keep an eye on at the quarterback. Uh, Malachi, his last name is blank, uh, escaping me right now, but he is in the portal. He was somebody they were potentially relying on for next season. So it, it, it's interesting for USC and UCLA. Washington all around was very, very good this year. And obviously they're in the college football playoff. Washington and Oregon are going to make it difficult. And I know there's a lot of Penn State fans who are like, man, yeah, we're just going to go in and yeah, we're, we're going to hope to topple Ohio State or Michigan, you know, not playing Michigan next year, but trying to get into that top two. Boy, you better hope you get into the top five in this conference. It's about to change. Oh, it's going it's going to be deep. I mean, the top four or five teams are going to be essentially juggernauts, like, right? I mean, it's going to, I won't say look like the SEC, but like when you talk about the dynamic makeup of teams like it's not going to be one size fits all whether you have like the usc coming in spread it out u dub has a pretty dynamic offensive set we see what oregon's able to do and we already know what michigan and ohio state is and and we're reloading going into next year as well with you know the signing day coming up and let's see what happens in this transfer portal in the offseason but next year the big 10 will be a 
a slaughterhouse to say to say the least. I think there's not going to be any dominating teams per se. I think people are going to have some exciting games to watch, and I'm extremely um, what was the word I'm looking for? I'm extremely excited about it coming up. It's going to be a minefield. Yeah, looking forward. Yeah, to I mean, it. It's, it, I mean, because we really don't know what's going to happen, and like just in terms of not playing these teams and like them coming in, and they are. Very good programs, like right, like UW is in the playoff college play college football playoffs right now, so they're instantly coming. And we see what Oregon is, and it's like high octane type of offenses where you have to have personnel to match up. Like we always talk about boxers, like styles make fights. That's what football is in my eyes. There's like matchups, and like with all these different teams coming in, and man, it creates some very unique matchups. I believe football is a one on one type of game. The individual sport in my eyes, because as long as you beat your man, like that's how it shows up. And if everybody on the team kind of comes with that level of intensity of like, hey, it's on me, you have championship winning team. So it's going to be really interesting to see how these this whole Big Ten operation comes together next year. Mm -hmm. And it begins today. Enjoy <laughs> National Signing Day. We'll see what happens the rest of the transfer portal. Justin's trying to try not to destroy his office in the process. Like, <laughs> comment, subscribe, turn on notifications. Let us know in the comments section what you think about the stuff going on with Oregon, how Penn State is going to look next year in the Big Ten, who you want to see Penn State land today on National Signing Day, who you're excited about, who you're not that excited about, all those things. And on top of that, Justin, you're someone who works with these players, these families on a regular basis. Congratulations and best of luck to all the families and all these players that are making huge decisions today because it really will affect their lives going forward. 100%. It's a 40-year decision, all right? I mean, guys get to live their dreams and get to chase that next, uh, that next leg of the race. All right. We're going to keep an eye on everything. Thanks, everybody, for joining us, and happy holidays. Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter, at TheKing1 and at Tom Hannafin. State of State is presented by Bet Online. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.